get this. Don't lay this on my patriarchy, okay? You all like this. You guys like this. And welcome to another episode of the very hot Asian, oh not Asian God, podcast. So hot and sweaty in here. <laughs> um, uh, one of your hosts, Mike Nguyen. I'm Jenny Arimoto. And uh, it, we're coming at you. New York City, baby. Chinatown. Summer. Summer. Imagine it. Summer 2023. Uh, imagine it. Summer 1987. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's breakdance. Reaganomics. In full swing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we could be nuked by the Russians at any Anytime. moment. Yeah. Actually, although I now realize that could be 2023. It's true. Right? It's true. Right? We're back to 2023. This, Reaganomics is still very much in yep, full swing. Yep. Yeah. Inflation's out of control. <laughs> uh, the uh, the clan is resurgent. <laughs> Man, you didn't live through the Reagan era. No, I didn't. What year were you born? 91. Damn, that's a good ass year. Is it? I don't know. I just feel like the 90s, baby. You yeah. Know? You were born with like Jinko pants on. And... Yeah, I was born with Jinko pants. <laughs> They're like, what the hell? <laughs> That's what born. we saw in the uh, yeah. amniocentesis scan. <laughs> we're picking up a lot of Jenkins, yeah. sir. Oh, no. This is an emergency situation. Jenkins. We're picking up a lot of Jenko. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? We, have, we can do that. We can, we can start a little bit. We, have, we didn't do a fit check last time, but we can do a little fit check this time. Well, if you want to. Let's do it. Mine's not that impressive. I think it's cute. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of wearing a red thrifted dress that I got tailored shorter. Hey. And then, <laughs> hey. And then I'm wearing socks in my Mary Janes. You're, so I kind of dress like full second grader energy. You know what I mean? Yes. You should have That's hair. like my new aesthetic. It's like playground chic. <laughs> It's either that or like loose clothes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Those are my two two kind of directions I'm going in. Like you're ready to be seen on the swings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be weird if I was uh, on a seesaw right now. <gasps> there you go. Yeah. And Mike, you're wearing? I'm wearing uh, my polo, a polo polo. Uh-huh. It's been uh, bleach dyed. It looks really cool. Thank you. My wife did it. It was one of the many projects we did during the pandemic. Yeah. Just trying to feel something. Can I tell you about that? Yeah. Can I tell you about the... the we're going to be talking about feelings today. There's yes. going to be a lot of feelings. I love it. On this episode. I know. Last was business. Thank God we're moving to feelings. <laughs> this is where I'm like... I'm much more comfortable in this zone. Well, we are talking about feelings. We're going to talk on, in context of work. Oh my so God. That's true. Kind of a combo. It's going to be a little bit of a combo. So there still will be 10x yeah. returns on yes. investment. Of course. But with feelings. ROI. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm wearing that. I'm wearing my polo dad shorts. I am uh, wearing my... Um, Little Alden uh, snuff suede. I just realized you brought a jacket. I have a I have a cloth like a cotton jacket, which is thing. psycho. It's so hot. It's pretty warm. <laughs> I but I love wearing jackets. I know. I, I feel like summer is not your season. Can I? And I don't mean to drag you in your looks because I think your looks are always great. No, I hear what you're saying. But you do thrive on layering. Oh, so much. Layering. And what I imagine you wearing is like a vest, like or like yeah. sweaters, and it's just not it. The summer is not the time for that. So. I have this thing. This is my controversial take for today, which is that I think men over a certain age should not wear T-shirts at all over like unless you're like really doing construction work or I something, see. or like really gardening or something like that. Interesting. It, What's just, the age cut off? I don't know what it is. I would say maybe like 39. OK, because I, this is here. Here's the here it is. Men's necks are weird. You got weird <laughs> necks. You ever seen like an old dude's neck? Like, he never puts sunscreen on there. It's all crackly. Okay, describe what weird means. It's all red and, like, crackly and, like, leathery, you know? Is that what yours looks like? I don't think so, because I always wear a collar. Oh, my God. So you're protecting yourself. I like to protect, but most dudes don't do that. And we just, like... Now that that you say it, I've never seen the back of your neck. uh, I don't even have a back of a neck. Whoa. Voldemort shit. I feel back of the neck. That's a young man's game. Yeah. That's a young, you know, like... Now I'm going to clock it so hard. Just look like around. Like on the train, I'm going to be looking at men's necks. Most men don't have great back of necks. You back know? of necks. And so, neck backs. You know, like we, as you get older, your muscles in your upper back, which is really what helps you f- look real big and masculine, yeah. is it like, kind of like gets a little weaker. So you're just like, you got you need a little fluffing with, wow. uh, with the collar. That's my hot take. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. But um, I'm not going to lie. I'm staring at every man's neck now through the windows. These guys, like, 
Well, like that neck. Yeah, that neck it's okay. Is, it's fine. That yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but he's wearing a t-shirt. You're starting to see what I say. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, okay. but but I I will say what I used to do in the summer is I wear a lot of Hawaiian shirts and I still do. Yeah, and I go real slutty with it. Whoa! Three buttons undone. Whoa! Wild glow. Just just like almost you can see my navel. Yeah, that's cool guy. That's I, cool guy stuff. Again, I'm getting a little little old for that game. I see. So you could now, just wear it not so buttoned down. This is just, then it's lame. That's very lame. You just look like an Asian dad. Yeah. I see. Which is what I am. Yeah. But I want some What mystique. if you wear like a little bra underneath? <laughs> like so you can, so the lace kind of peeks out <laughs> yeah, a little Yeah, so it's a little bit more conservative. But I, I've been reading that that's the uh, new thing is to have the exposed bra under oh, really? the, the dress. I don't know. I don't know On either. Instagram? I, have, I don't know. I don't know either. Okay. I'm learning as you learn. I forgot that I'm talking to second grader Jay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to learn my alphabet. I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> trying to learn my alphabet. Uh, yeah. So uh, if you're trying to learn your alphabet, why don't you go to patreon.com slash Asian not Asian pod. And uh, best way to support the podcast. Uh, and uh, usually we give out shout outs, um, but we don't uh, have a, a Patreon um, person today. So we're, we'll, we'll catch up with it next week. Uh, but again, that's patreon.com slash Asian not Asian pod. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're on the podcast, why don't you, uh, if you can leave a review, uh, hit five stars on Apple podcasts, uh, or on Spotify. Uh, you can also leave a review. Let us know what you think, men. Should we be having our neck back of necks exposed? <laughs> I think you should show it off while you have it. No, show it off. Think about while it. Cause like even, it. okay. Older dude, I think very minimum you're wearing a t-shirt. You still like maybe you got to wear one of those cute handkerchiefs, you know, that you can <gasps> wear around your neck. I do like that. Right? Yeah, I like a older handker- guy yeah. with a handkerchief. You're, you're covered Even a in the younger guy with a handkerchief. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I just like a hanky. <laughs> I love a hanky. A little hanky hanky. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to uh, get right into the podcast here. Our guest today is a self-described softy. Softy. Okay. She's a therapist. Completed your training. Are you still in training? Still in training. Still in training. Therapist in training. Wrote the book, Working with Feelings, Caring for Your Employees Through Cultural Humility and Emotional Fluency. Uh, She also, she and I, used to work together long ago. Okay. Give it up for Isadora Torres. Uh, you seem very hot, very hot. Are you okay? Yeah, I am very. It's hot. very warm in here. It, it is very really hot. Yeah. yeah, I think I cooled my like I regulated my body temperature by holding uh, a cold water bottle near my neck. So now it's like a warm water bottle. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not the best thing to be drinking right now. But you're. But it did its job. It did its job. Yeah. But you're. I see you. You see you put it on the back of your neck. Yeah. That's okay, women. Women guys, back of neck. Back is of okay. neck. Great. Men, go for it. It's the men's it's the men. yeah. neck backs. I'm, I'm looking around. Look at all these guys in their I think t-shirts. women just take care of their necks. Yeah. Yes, I think women I just think take care of themselves in general. Yeah, that too. It, let me tell you where Do the rules are. Do you have a skincare start. routine? No. See, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Hey. Can you imagine being in your 40s without a skincare routine? Hey. <laughs> I feel like I look like leather. Yeah. Like weathered leather at that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Most men, you look at a dude's back and neck. It's like, it, it looks like he put his wallet on the back. Do you put sunblock on? I do put sunscreen on. In the summer, like as not a, in the winter. You're supposed to do it all year round. No. The sun. Ex- this is wild to me. No. The angles <laughs> when it's all I'm low. So angry. No do way. you put it on your neck too? Sometimes. Where does it Sometimes. stop? Uh, like your sunscreen application. Uh, I I I when I do put it on, I mainly put it on the back of my neck. Wow. Not yeah. your face. I put it on my face. And then like, your back, your neck. I would say it's where it's like below where my hat is. Right, where the brim, you know, you know, my face. Like you also, you're bald. You should also put on top of your head. Too. I do when I'm not wearing a hat. Oh, okay. But you're usually hat. I yeah. usually have a hat on. Yeah. yeah. You have a nice shape head. Good for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, some people can't. Yeah, like, it's true. So it can't be like, I dream about being bald, but I can't. I feel I got a weird shaped head. No, you have a it's very good. aerodynamic. I've, I, I look like, like a, bl- a butt plug. Okay. My head <laughs> shape looks like a butt plug. Nice. I'm so mad about the skincare thing. <laughs> Are you that surprised? I'm no not guy surprised. Has one. But I, I know no guy has one. But like, why? Because why? Condition. Yeah, to do that. exactly. Because of the patriarchy. Like, why do yeah, we have to buy all these products the and have beautiful skin? And don't. then dudes, it's like it's fine for you to have gross, don't, don't get leathery me. Get, skin. Go get this. Don't lay this on my patriarchy. 
okay? Y'all like, like this. You guys like this. No, I would. I think all men should have a skincare routine. Okay, give me. But like, at least put sunscreen on. Or like wash your face. Yeah, wash your face twice a day. But with, like, I mean, with like water, because that's what I do. No. Yeah. No. Well, no. <laughs> no. You you're just going so for a swim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you're just showering okay, your give face me, for give two me, seconds. Give me the because my wife is admittedly very on on it with me about this. She. Um, actually very nice. The one kind of skincare thing I kind of do is when I shave, mm -hmm. I love shaving. So I have like a nice, uh, I, I do it old school. I have like a shaving, um, brush that like I use to kind of like get the soap all sudsy and I put that on and Ooh, then I shave nice. with, yeah, I shave you with like a, a single nice, blade, uh, a safety razor. I have a safety razor Ooh, nice. and then I, um, and then, uh, Gina got me this really nice after, uh, shave, which is from Aesop. Mm. It's, like, it's like a lotion. It's not because I tried looking for uh, an aftershave and everything was like Old Spice. And mm -hmm. I had one and I put it on and I was like, it's 1987. Yeah, you and I was smell like, like you're 14. It was very, very yeah. strong. So she got me this really nice one. And then after I do that, I'm like, I'm feeling prompted to be like, oh, I'm so dewy right now. Mm -hmm. Now I will put on some. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm so dewy. I'm so right dewy. Now. Well, I'm just saying that like, you know, I, know, I, I get in it. the mood, yeah, you know, it's mood. all steamy because I have to have the water real yeah. hot. I'm just like, oh, yeah. yeah. And then I'm like getting in the bathtub and I'm shaving my legs. And then, oh, wait, no, well, hello. <laughs> I, was I would actually love that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I, I feel then I'm prompted to be like, you know, I, I just took care of the lawn. And now I really gotta. That's such a disgusting image, right? You now. know, I just took care of the, my shit, so I gotta like take. You know, yeah, I, now yeah. I will. Now I will put on sunscreen and and maybe um, there's like a Clinique moisturizer thing that I steal from my wife that yeah. I will use. I can't remember what it is, but it's, it's I really like it. But otherwise, I'm waking up and I'm like, Ugh. to be fair, does does everyone think you're like 17? Because you look 17. I look well, like at least you're like you're dirt. in your 20s. Mm. <laughs> I'm debatable okay. yeah. it depends okay. I, I, I think i look younger than i really am but i don't think i look like fresh-faced also you dress not like a 17 or 20 year old but one. he's just like he's 70 since you're what 20 that's true 70 is that what you said <laughs> yeah Are reversely you? you dress like you're 70 <laughs> yeah i'm benjamin button of dressing yeah exactly <laughs> like as i get older i will start wearing more and more billabong <laughs> <laughs> well when i first met you all you used to wear was suits i used to wear suits a lot oh and then i went God. through a uh kind of like a rick owens i was phase. gonna say the rick owens because i remember the shoes and the large large pants the large pants <laughs> Like shoes. large black pants. That would wear it. Look like a nun. Yeah. Look like a nun. Yeah. Like a nun era. Like a cool looking nun. But like it was definitely <laughs> like a cool looking nun. And then you were like street business with like business. A, like a suit. very much full on suit. What that, do people think that about? That is so funny. What do people say about that? Like in the halls of my. This is where we worked. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I think they just always thought that you dressed cool. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's all I, kinda, I don't think anything weird by yeah. any means. Okay, fair enough. I just imagine someone coming in and being like, "Hey, I need to talk to Mike Wynn for this project." Like, yeah, he's right over there. He's the one who's dressed like a cool nun. <laughs> dude, dude, <laughs> hire a cool nun. Yeah. He works at the social in wow, social this is media. Really awesome. Whoa, I didn't we have know. a nun on board. That's like something I never expected. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're gonna go ahead and pitch the Catholic Church. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we were like the first social team, so I think social you're like media team. yeah. So we were like on par for like being cool. Wow. So they were like cool, nun, like cool nun. We'll be by that. Yeah. I kind of almost want to talk about our boss, but we will for a little later. Later. Yeah. We'll, oh we'll my god. Oh yeah. We'll, okay. Anyways, I don't Have know you how we got up here. There? We'll get into it. Oh it is kind of wild because I think you, I think you know what you're gonna say, and I'm yeah. like, it is wild. Okay. It's so weird. We're gonna put it aside for a little, put it aside for a little bit, but um. What was I saying? Uh, anyways, skincare, fellas, if you want to get into skincare, check out our Patreon. That's not true at all. Uh, but uh, thanks for coming on the show. Um, you are, uh, you and I, we started at McCann, mm -hmm. you know, advertising world. Yeah. Did all that stuff. Yeah. I'm still kind of like half in there, half out of there. You're also, you're, you're kind of started moving into kind of like, um people work a yeah, little bit people operations hr yeah, yeah you know and um i think also you around not during the was it during the pandemic or like right before during okay yeah because you know hey we're all kind of having our issues trying to feel anything that was mm -hmm. what, I was, what i was going to talk about um i think i have had i don't know working through an alcohol dysfunction thing right now uh-huh so the feeling thing, I, I hear what you're saying because you tried to find a therapist with 
a similar background to you. Yeah. Right. You're um, Filipino. Right. And you couldn't find one. Nope. Mm. No. And so you're like, yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, it was so funny. It's just coming back to me right now. I distinctly remember actually having a conversation with you. This is right when there were so many like, uh, like anti-Asian attacks. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you, I don't know if you even remember this, but we were like, I just remember you, we were talking about it. I don't know if we were in person or texting, but you were like, I'm like so afraid to go outside that like, I feel like I'm going to punch at the face even if I was wearing a hoodie. Oh. Do you remember that? I think so. There was definitely an, um, maybe a couple of months where I was like, it's open season on us. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. like people are doing this with impunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would like walk around like incognito. Yeah. Like, not i was like i'm not asian what are you talking about yeah it was like messing with me pretty badly and so like i was looking i have a i i'm still with the therapist that i have i've had for years but she was a black woman and i don't know there was a part of me that was like curious to know like what was it like to have a therapist that with the same background or kind of that same hyper awareness mm. and sensitivity to like the world totally and I just like couldn't find one or it was all booked up. But then when I started looking into like the actual population of therapists and what were considered or what was the percentage of clinicians that were Asian American, it was like less than 3%. Mm -hmm. And Whoa. I was like, yeah. And I was like, well, that's a problem. Yeah. And growing up Filipino, there's like, you know, whole thing about uh, the stigma of mental health. And yeah. it just kind of all accumulated into this decision of like, I think I'm going to go back to school to become a therapist. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I didn't really have a plan, <laughs> but it was just more of like, I wouldn't even say it was even a calling necessarily, but it just felt like such a bias for action mm -hmm. because it was like, well, I can't force anyone else to become a therapist. Yeah. So. Oh, you totally can. I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, that's like kind of where uh, it started. And yeah, it's been really cool to start having clients and be passed on clients specifically wanting me because I was course, I'm, yeah. I'm Filipino or oh. because I'm like Asian American, yeah. which is like such a interesting experience to be chosen in that regard yes um yeah because there's that level of understanding yeah yeah wow so. i mean i like i've had the same asian therapist uh she's korean um since 2019 mm -hmm. and i chose her specifically because she i wanted an asian woman mm. and it has like changed my life having the shorthand of that experience like mm -hmm. i don't have to explain very hard mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i didn't realize how much of a hurdle that was before when like talking to people. I'm like, oh, she just like gets it, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like everything. Oh. So yeah, that was like my number one thing was finding an Asian woman. So that, that rules. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you feel though that sort of ironically you're, you became a therapist because you wanted someone who had your background, but then you can't be your own therapist. So then you're like helping other people, but you can't help yourself. Oh All God. therapists should have therapists. But like you can't therapize yourself. Right? Oh, I therapize no. myself every day. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Try taking a psycho uh, pharmacology class uh, like where you have to assess the DSM-5 and uh -huh. like everyone thinks they have some kind of like oh, illness. Right. Uh, like for a while I was trying to self-diagnose myself with OCDP. I'm like, no, I definitely have these symptoms. Mm. And my friend who's a psychologist, who's a psychiatrist, I was like, no, you don't. Uh -huh. And I was like, I think I do. And uh -huh. he was like, no. Yeah. And so basically that entire qu quarter, everyone's like diagnosing themselves and then diagnosing themselves that they weren't they didn't have these symptoms right. yeah yeah right uh well i want to get into that first we're going to do our usual segment which is what kind of asian were you this week I'm trying to think what kind of asian i was yeah this week. i was I like was do just, you have something i do have something Aha. okay yes mike what kind of asian were you this week i was a fourth of july asian <laughs> wow yes describe that that is <laughs> let me tell you something fourth of july that's dad christmas okay okay we pull all the shit out sure we got like we you know it's 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 we got all the gear this is the day we prepare and much like maybe other people it's like their their christmas is christmas us it's like fourth of july so it's like this is the time i get to flex yeah okay let me tell you something i have don't laugh <laughs> You're <laughs> an instant read thermometer food thermometer y'all you know what that no. is no it's so expensive it's a thermometer right and like it has a little probe and you stick it into whatever one thing yeah. you want to measure the temperature of now usually with thermometers you gotta stick it in there and you watch the stupid needle go up yeah and then you're like did it stop did it not stop is it, is it you know what what the fuck temperature is this yeah you don't know not the instant read thermometer as soon as you stick it in there, boom, tells you exactly what the temperature is. Why is that important? Because when you're grilling, 
you need to know exactly, exactly. the temperature yeah. there right at that moment. So you need to know, is it 155 or 165? Is it 140? Whatever. Is it medium rare? That kind of thing. That's how you get that precision. Oh, my God. Did you buy it for yourself? No, I got it for uh, Father's Day. Okay. My first Father's Day, which was a magical day. Yeah. Okay. Because I had my son, my first Father's Day, had this <laughs> instant read thermometer, yeah. had a martini. <laughs> The trifecta, baby. Wow. I would have never told you that's the trifecta. <laughs> Martini, it's a dad, baby, it's meat a dad thermometer. Trifecta. Yeah. I, I, when I was there, I was like, this is why I w was put on this planet. Okay? Yeah. I had everything was I needed. Was to measure meat temperature while holding your son and drinking a martini. <laughs> okay, are, cool. you, are you a good griller? Not really. Oh, that's oh, okay. the Yeah, I, feel, I was like, we were talking about grilling last week when I was over. Yeah, you should come over and grill. I I'm know, not a great but griller. But you didn't really say, you're like, you know, <laughs> we love grilling, but it's not like, a, you know like what a, it is? Not a talent. The other, the, the other part of having the grilling is, besides the gear, mm -hmm. is really um, what I would call almost like, you're almost like a stage manager because you're like, you're cueing different things as they mm. come in. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> you're stage like, You're, you're, like, you're like, okay, I yeah. need hot dogs. Yeah. I need hot dogs like, now. Hot dogs on three. Hot dogs on three, yeah. two, and, and hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. And we're you turning. You like a clipboard. And we're turning. And what are those? Yeah. Get those chicken wings off of there. <laughs> Where the, the fuck is The chicken wings are like, thank you, five. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really the other aspect of grilling is after, but you it know. Was, but yeah. you were you grilled this. I, this the weather was really bad. It was shit weather. Yeah, it was rainy for up until like maybe like three o'clock, yeah. and I had to like make an audible call as far as like, am I are we gonna grill or no grill? Yeah, right. right. Was, stage stage manager. managing. Stage manager. I was like, Producing is this a go or no go? For, Do we have to refund tickets? I yeah. don't know. Is this lights lights <laughs> curtains are not curtains up or not? And I said, I just made the call. I was like, we're doing it. I got the little. Uh, uh, I got a, a chimney. It's which is how you light the the coals, and you, you got that going. You got a real hot. And um, uh, this is why. I, so this is why I always invite other dudes over because I have them manage that part. Because it's like they are. It's a lot of work to like. You have to stand there. You have to like. Uh, the chicken has to go on first, and then and then like uh, burgers have to be on the hottest part. But they cook really fast, and you got to turn them. You, it's a lot yeah. of managing. Yeah. Did the you do this? No, you just you just, just kind of like know? learn. You just learn how you. <laughs> you make a lot of mistakes. I'll tell you that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So like. I, you know, would, would put the chick, the, 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 the hot dogs, uh, on too early. And now they're too, they're done fast. They're, they're, they're like immediately done. And so, uh, because they're not really meat, you know, they're already cooked. <laughs> so like, you know, so you pull them off and now they're cold and that, and then you're getting the chicken on, but the chicken takes forever. And right. like, the chicken has to chicken takes first, forever yeah. and you putting, and I put it on the wrong spots and now they're burned and like, oh, the veggies, you've got about the veggies, everybody. Ah, so like, you know, I had to, I've been learning these things as yeah. I've been going. Wow. Oh, y'all didn't think it would be a cool story, huh? Wow. It was really cool I was like, do you story? feel accomplished? Whatever, whatever. Okay, you don't really understand the pressure of stage manager grilling. <laughs> okay, but did the show go well? It did go well. Oh, it congratulations. Did go well. It did go well. Did yeah. you get an applause? Did we get an applause? Um, I think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, a whole bunch of, uh, uh, not me, but a whole bunch of the people at my, uh, at my barbecue had a bunch of edibles and... Uh, they got real sleepy. Yeah, and also they were just hungry. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> to impress was a very low bar. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I made sure. I yeah. made sure. I was like, yeah. this show is going to go great. Great, yeah. And you're like, you should take an edible at like 3 p.m. Look, yeah. look under your seat. There's a 10 milligram of THC yeah. and 10 of CBD. So That's um, fun. That was me. I was stage managing it. It's, uh, you know, it, it takes a good like hour to clean up everything yeah so yeah. Like, a lot annoying. of work it was a lot of work and the next day i was like so tired yeah I was, I was i didn't even i purposely didn't drink very much i was but i was just like blasted so totally. that was me stage manager grilling asian fourth of july dad love that wow um, that was quite Jenny, story Isidora, who wants to go next i can go next i'm Jenny. i've been debating how to approach the topic okay <laughs> um I was a, I've been a kissing Asian. Ooh. I've been kissing boys. Oh. And I won't go into detail, but. Uh, <laughs> Boo, I want to know the detail. <laughs> but. Okay, I'm, one knee up. Okay, sorry, both what? Both knees up. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Mike, no. This is PG. Okay. Um, but yes, I have been, I've been kissing a little bit. Um, and uh, I. Things are progressing, but in a way where I'm figuring it out. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I haven't really, obviously, I haven't really been dating, like, for a while. 
Um, so it's like a return to dating. Ah. Um, and uh, it's nice to have someone have a crush on you. Yeah. Yeah. That is nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like very, very nice to have that feeling. And also, I think I'm just feeling more like, oh, I can do it. Do you know what I mean? What do you mean? Like, oh, I can date. You didn't you can think definitely you could date. I, well, date. Yeah, like when you don't date for a while, it feels more and more like, like it's just the memory of dating gets lot farther away from you, and <laughs> yeah. like the practice of it isn't really like regular anymore. So like everything feels a little bit more like scary. Yeah, like a first date feels scary when you haven't been dating for a while. Yeah, um, putting yourself out there is scary. Like you kind of forget like the steps. Yeah. Mm. And now I'm like feeling it again, like the tempo of it. And I'm like, oh, I can do this. And I also just yeah. like feel hotter. Yeah. Okay. As you should. Yeah. So that has been my week. What, is, what has made you feel hotter? Um, Like just constant validation. Uh. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, just having like, just like, I don't know, doing the physical stuff, but also like get, oh, getting the validation. Fr from, from this person. Yeah. From, I see. Yeah. But also just like truly like the verbal validation. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Got like, it. Okay. Like, oh, like, because when you're by yourself, you're kind of like, and like, you know, online or whatever. You're like, am I <laughs> disgusting? <laughs> you just know? typing it into Google. Yeah. Am I, am disgusting? I disgusting? Or yeah. whatever. Like, you don't feel, it's hard to feel like good in your body. I think like, I'm very brain, like in my brain and not in my body. Um, and so I'm always trying to like break things down into facts. Oh. Does that make sense? Like, I think I'm a very, like, logical person. My therapist has told me, like, oh, you talk a lot about, like, your thoughts, but you don't really talk that much about, like, your physical body at all. Oh. <laughs> um, You're intellectualizing. I'm, yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> majorly that person yeah. who intellectualizes everything. Which is, like, a defense mechanism. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and so I think that's, like, oh, I'm just, like, getting more. So, like, before I would be, like, no, I'm hot. I'm hot. Like, just, like, saying it to myself to, like, try to convince myself that I believe it. Okay. And now it's a little bit more, like, I actually, like, feel it. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I love that for you. Thank you. You are hot. Thank you. <laughs> Two women in, in the booth just going, you're hot. No, you're, no, hot. you're hot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. We're all hot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, that's interesting about like, yeah, I never thought about like thinking mentally versus physically. Although I, I guess I, I do relate to that. That's interesting. I f are, I f are you also, do you intellectualize everything? I definitely, you know, I'm in my head all the time. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I think I'm a, I... Uh, I in, I like my body. Oh, that's that's great. <laughs> yeah. What, what is that like? That's really great for you. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, Tell you know me what more. I think it is is like I I don't know if this is a guy thing, you know, similar to how we don't have a facial regimen. The patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, it's the major. Just throw it. Yeah. Yeah, I I do think it is patriarchy because for me. I think of my body as like, is it doing the things I want it to do? Mm, yeah. Can I accomplish the it's things functional I need? Functional than it is yeah. functional. Yeah. Yeah. That Which is I patriarchy. Think, I mean, I would love to get. I, I have a. I have a dream where I'm like, my um, you know how like that Pilates guy started Pilates? Yeah. I would start a exercise thing where I just teach people to get up off the ground. I think that's very important, especially as you get older. And like I think functionally, stand up? from lying down to getting all the way, standing all the way oh, up. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. Which is... Uh, it's mental. It's very functional. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can do that, you can do a lot of things. And I think it would be a good way to de-emphasize for men and for women, like the whole like, I need to have six pack. I need to have like... Oh, so like small wins, essentially. I, yeah, it's just like a it's just like a wee reframing of like what your body should be able yeah. to do. Yeah. It's like being grateful that your body can or do what it can do. Yeah. Rather you could than do it, you know, criticizing the way it looks. Yeah, right. and it's like if you could do that and you feel like good doing it, then you, you're hot. Yeah, you're I, un, I I rationally understand that. Yeah, yeah. but emotionally don't. So yes. how do you emotionally feel about being a patriarchy poppy? <laughs> Pretty good. Okay, um, yeah, 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 you know. So, uh, card carrying member, been yeah, a long time. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, Isadora, how about you? What yeah. kind of Asian were you this week? Um, I think I've been a really good unemployed Asian. Uh, mm. So, context: I was freelancing and now starting a full time job, but I don't start it till Monday. So, I have I've had a week to like kind of fuck off a little bit, oh, I love and that. it's been so nice. What so, have you been doing? 
I've been going to the beach a lot. And then yesterday or the day before, I bought a pool pass. And so it was just at the pool. Wow. Yeah. That's a pool like pass. Summer. Is that like one? It's that... like the hotels that have pools. You just buy a pass for a day. Oh, like it's like pools. Yeah, yeah. It's like ridiculously stupid. But so like, it's such a fucking New York thing. It is such it. a fucking New York so thing. New York. No, because like, where am I going to find a pool? It's true. I mean, and it was like 90 degrees that day. I know. How, it was hot. How much was a pass? Like 95. For a day? Yes. For the one day? Yes. Wow. And then which pool did you use? It was, I guess it was, so I think it's the McCarran pool, but they got rebranded to Coda. What the fuck? Yeah. It's a private pool now? No, it's a hotel pool. But it's the McCarran pool? The hotel? Do you know? What do you, yeah, okay. The McCarran Hotel has Oh, the, oh I see. Okay, yeah, I thought you were yeah. talking about the, the McCarran po- oh, no, 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 like, What like, kind of dystopian shit is this? It should not be $95. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was like a hotel experience. Okay, okay. so it's a hotel pool. Yeah, yeah. And so you is it a nice pool? It was a nice pool. Okay. It was like a very great sized pool. Like, obviously, there was like bar service. Like, people were coming up to you. You get a day bed, which is like also oh, really so nice. Oh, so you get a space. Yeah, like you get a whole space to like hunker down in. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that to me was like worth it. Whatever. I pay for convenience. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I love that. Treat yourself. Yeah. yeah. I can't hate on that. I mean, I would do that if I, you know, could. Yeah. 95 so bucks. So what am I going to do otherwise? Yeah. Okay. Fucking go to the beach. Like that's such a, so far <laughs> too much. Away. The beach is really far. It's so far. And like, I only go to the beach when I have, when friends can drive. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Because I'm not, I can't do the train thing anymore. I've been yeah. living in New York for too damn long yeah. to want to take the train over. Yeah. Did you ever go to the, um, the to the park when they used to have that like this is so 2015 2014 like there was like a school bus that you could take to like rockaway beach school bus what it was like a it was like a it was like a you know like one of these things you sign up online and they check you in with an ipad oh my and god it's like this young, is so 2014 right you know <laughs> yeah. you just like check in and you're like oh what, what? and it's like a whole bunch of people with bad tattoos and we're all like getting on the and it's a it's like charter school bus and you take the school bus to rockaway beach no i don't think i've ever did that yeah it was like a, it was a thing for a hot minute because everybody wanted to go to the beach yeah and people didn't want to take the train take the e all the way out there or whatever. yeah yeah um or they didn't know anybody with a car yeah so or take the ferry like, yeah. which is also just as hard yeah how am i gonna let everybody know that i've got these bad tattoos and i've got a, social, <laughs> a book about socialism right if i don't take this school bus right yeah yeah so that was like the thing Were you wow. on this bus? i did once but i will tell you because to get there you have to take the freeway do not take a school bus on the freeway yeah. as a fully sized person. Yeah. yeah, There are no seat belts. You're just bouncing around oh. loosey-goosey. It's just like my balls and just... Just, just, just his balls are loose, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything else is tucked. Everything, Everything was intact. Else. Tucked in. Tucked. Oh, <laughs> my balls are just bopping around. It hurt. Uh, so, um, okay. So you've just been living... Yeah. That sounds really nice. That sounds yeah. nice. The weather has been pretty good for that stuff. For yeah. that, yeah. And I never have taken like time off between jobs. So like this was the first time where like my the CEO of this company was like, you should just take an extra week off and like fuck off. Like yeah. to his words. And I was like, I will fuck off. Good. Wow. Yeah. So, we all need to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. It was nice. So. Um, uh, so can you use a room to shower off? No. You just, once you're done, you just kind of like towel off and leave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah. I mean, I it was a great pool. It was I haven't like, been to a pool this summer yet. Oh, yeah. I got to get there. It the was, weather has been weird. It has been weird, but I will tell you that, like, I don't know if because, like, the water, but it just felt infinitely cooler mm. at the pool, and it was, like, in the city, so yeah. it's not like I was out by yeah. the water. Were there any, um, was there any, you know, hot people out? Flirty, flirty? Uh, that? There were, like, some waspy-looking people in the morning, and then normal <laughs> people looking, and then around, like, 4 p.m., women with the BBL started coming around, wow. so... It was definitely diverse. Wow, I it's love diverse. that. <laughs> and I love that you're tracking the patterns because you're just there all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just watching people. Yeah. I was like reading and watching people. It was great. I love that. Mm-hmm. Whoa. And tanning, obviously. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, right. That's where you lose me. I hate tanning. You don't like really? tanning? Yeah, the whole time I'm like, I don't, I, I just like don't want to tan. You Is it because you're a light-skinned Asian person? Probably that. Also, because I've been told like, don't, I also mole easily. Like I get oh. moles really easily. Yeah, same. Oh. And so I like don't want moles. And mm. so then I mostly when I'm in the sun, I want to be in the shade. Oh, fascinating. I would love to read in a crazy amount of shade. Oh. <laughs> I want the most shade you can get me. So shady. Do you want it like, like hot so and sunny, but, like, but it's shade. like you have like yeah. one of those headlamps on because yeah. it's so shady, it's so, so fucking dark. Covered. You're in a cave. Ooh, yeah. Like, ooh. That is my number one pool day. I'm in a cave. <laughs> Look at me, I'm a I'm a mole. Yeah. yeah. Can't that's like my best. That's my that best setup. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Respect. 
listen, I may have beautiful, ageless Asian skin, but when you get to be my age, you do worry about some things. You worry about things like thinning hair. And if you're worried about thinning hair, I want to tell you there's help. There's Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage for men and for women. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated, natural, medical-grade ingredients. Their drug-free, patented technology provides consistent, reliable results. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code ASIAN. Find out why over 3,500 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. That's Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code ASIAN. That's Nutrafol.com promo code ASIAN. Life doesn't happen on a bi-weekly basis, so why does your payday? The money you earn can be yours today with Earnin. Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. If I needed something like Earnin, it's what I'd use. And this is why. Earnin is simple, easy to use, and a fast way to get access to money you need immediately. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over 3.5 million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Asian under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Asian under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, daily max and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. I respect that. Uh, Okay, well, um, thanks for coming on to the show. You got, it's interesting, again, because you and I used to work together and then you kind of like, you're on this kind of like, I'm a therapist journey thing. Mm-hmm. So you're just like still in training, but you're you're kind of like half, I would say a little bit corporate Asian. Yeah, but corporate half, Asian. Half corporate Asian, which we, we respect and love. Mm-hmm. And half sort of like this other thing where you're also kind of thinking about your mental health. And you have this book, Working With Feelings. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like, what is like the, what is the sort of rundown with this book here? Yeah, so it, it's an exploration of like how we start to view the, the workplace, uh, especially through the, um, especially like the expansion of like hybrid workplaces and like, uh. what does it mean to be a person of color specifically as like an author to explore these places and also understand the impact of emotions at work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, granted, I was also reflecting back in the last two years, like I'd be remiss not to mention the fact that it's been a shit show mm-hmm. mm. and like, how does that impact us the way we live, but also how we navigate work. And then essentially really thinking about what does it mean to build a more compassionate work culture, which, you know, as someone who's in HR, like that is really important to me. And like when we start to think about what are those elements and facets of, of things that we need to consider, like it just kind of culminated into this book. So I kind of talk about it like as a bit of a workbook because it does ask you to think about a lot. It, it asks you to think a lot about your own values, beliefs and attitudes about work, but mm-hmm. also how does that impact others? Mm. And basically, I think I come up with an hypothesis of like, there are some ways I think we could potentially try to improve our workplace culture. Oh, but there's and I, you know, I don't say it with like 100 percent confidence, but it's an hypothesis that I think is quite right. <laughs> okay, OK. Yeah. What, what, uh, what is the hypothesis? That um, managers really drive culture. Okay. Yeah. Middle yeah. manager specifically. I think oh. so much of the time people talk about top down yeah. sure. and sometimes even down top. But like, really, I think it's the middle, right? Because yeah. when you think about your middle managers and that's like anyone that's like even EVP below or whatever, like they're the ones who are translating your company culture. Yeah. Like oh. you have to think about company cultures, like what happens behind closed doors, oh. you know, or like what happens when people aren't there kind of thing. Yeah. And like, I think uh, Forbes or, or Harvard Business Review just released um a, re- a study that said like 95% of people stay or leave their jobs because they're managers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I see that. Yeah. I think that's so real. Yeah. <laughs> Having been at a Google, yes. like a big company. Right. Yeah. It is so much less because I remember we would have to provide feedback to our like top, top VPs, VP, like SVP, like top people. And I'm like, well, I mean, I, I don't, 
I don't know. I don't, they <laughs> yeah. don't even know who I am. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. like to me, what's more important is like the the four people above me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like you know what I mean. Like those are people I talk to and I hear about constantly. Yeah. Right? Like I don't understand why we're always only looking at the very top people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And those are the people who can like you know make your life a living hell or or exactly. make or make the place really nice yes. yeah you know like if you got a really good manager and like your buddy buddy with them then it's like oh everything's pretty good because they'll, totally. they'll listen to you yeah. it you know? makes or breaks the experience 100 percent. Oh, yeah so later on for me the whole like you know uh poc thing too like where how does that sort of like work in there also yeah so when we talk about professionalism and like what does it mean to be professional in the workplace? It's really rooted in white culture oh, and more specifically shit. Here we go. Yes. white supremacy. Oh, let me open up my <laughs> bottle of water. <laughs> Give me and, the tea. Go, go, go. Yeah. And I think that what does that mean? That's such an incongruent element of how we are. If we are, we're not, you know, like this is the world that we live in. But unfortunately, obviously, like as a woman of color, like I don't necessarily want to ascribe right. to white culture, especially yeah. white dominant culture. And I mean, you see this within like the Crown Act, like, right. That's just like to hair. Mm. So we're like, there's this expectation of faltering and ascribing to white culture. And, you know, you have to consider too, like as people of color, as like non-dominant folks in general, like we are also coming from our own individual context, whether that's cultural community, whatever the case may be. And that has impact, right. Of how we essentially exist in the workplace. So you're now looking at multiple dynamics and now looking at multiple contexts of like how a person should, should exist. Yeah. Which is kind of like a mind fuck if you think about it. Right. Sure. It's not just like I'm coming and this is who I am. Like it's so much more than that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also thinking about the people then who you work with in tangent in that and mm-hmm. the dynamics. And you're not even thinking about just like race dynamics. You're thinking about gender, oh. social economics, mm-hmm. like all these things that like I think we're aware of, but don't realize that it's impact on a one to one basis. Whoa. So like how do you like as a regular desk jockey type person, like how do you start to like navigate through all that because that seems like a lot and it's like on top of that you're like dealing with slacks and emails and all sorts of bullshit like that like yeah i mean i that's the thing i i i don't know and i Mm. think that's what the book is trying to explore it's like how do you navigate that like i think oftentimes it is about awareness right and so when we talk about cultural humility and emotional fluency which is like part of the title of the book oh yeah yeah Cultural humility is about being able to assess your own beliefs and attitudes so that you can better understand other people. So it's Mm. like if I understand why I'm like this, then I understand why you are particularly like informed in the way that you are. Right. It gives me just more context, but also perspective. Right. At the end of it, it's like, can I um, picture myself in your shoes? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be necessarily one to one understanding, but Mm. it is just more contextually putting together the pieces, so to speak. And emotional fluency is about gaining the language, gaining verbal language to really assess and talk about your feelings, but also read the room and Mm. be able to assess those feelings. Mm. Yeah. So an example that I did at a workshop was like, you know, uh, it was kind of like heads up um, and the feeling was accomplished. So like try to explain to me like what this feeling is without using the word. And of course, like so many people had different definitions, Uh thus you know, really presenting the idea that like this is all very unique to us. Right. So just because it's a a shared word doesn't mean that it means the same or is received in the same way. Right. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. This is so real. real. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I want to say too that like, you know, I'm not an executive. Like I, I am a regular, regular manager. And like that to me was a very important perspective because when you look at the landscape of business books, they are specifically written by like CEOs, C-suiters, oh. like people that have like of who I would say are a little bit far removed from the day to day. Right. Like mm-hmm. you don't really hear the accounts of someone who's just like literally to your point answering slacks all day yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like having to send the status report or whatever the fuck, you know. Yeah. And so for me, it was very, very critical to when I looked at the type of stories I wanted to tell, I wanted to find people who were like me. In the mm. sense that, like, again, just middle managers who have been working their way up and, like, still unclear about all the other shit that's happening, but also trying to be an adult. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I was, I was very particular about featuring non-dominant folks. There are white people in the book, but, like, I was very clear on trying to find stories that weren't necessarily, um, like, I think... Sh- talked about as much as much in the in the narrative in the main media narrative yeah, around yeah. around like workplace culture and politics wow mm-hmm. any i have a million there? thoughts right go for now. it yeah i don't even me. know where 
so I'm just going to word vomit. Okay, okay, go. Do it. I, so I was, I've been on multiple teams, you know, different work teams and whatever. And there was one specifically where I really came to understand like, uh, the importance of like, or how people can bring up people who are like them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to be more specific. My team was mostly all white women in their forties okay. who had children. Okay. And so I, at the time was in my twenties as an Asian woman doing comedy in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I did not fit. I was like, I was diversity on that team. And then I remember I was like immediately boxed in as other, mm. not in an outright way, but it was like immediate, like lunch. I was, they all go to lunch together. And then I was just like there, yeah, you know? yeah. stuff like that, like little things. And it like very quickly, it's like fake nice, right? Like, uh, oh, I love your hair today. And like, that's it. Mm -hmm. And then they're all talking about like people and things I don't know. And it was just like immediately, like I was like, oh, this has nothing to do with work. Um, we're, it's just personal. Yeah. But I already don't feel like I'm part of this team. And then mm -hmm. I didn't. And then I started like struggling to care about work after that because I already was like, I'm an outsider. The only reason I was hired, I believe, is because my manager was Asian. Mm. But she was also around my age and wasn't fitting in with the other managers. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. So it was like this really weird thing where like our little team was like diverse-ish, but then like everyone else was not. Yeah. Um, and then I, I promptly left that team because I was like, I just don't feel good here. Like I don't feel, it's not even about the work. It's like, I don't feel good here. Um, so, okay. So then I'm trying to bring that to, thing. Yep. but then I, so then I, during that period, I, I was like going to therapy and like starting to break down my experience in it. So, I, and I came to like, you know, a lot of the topics, themes that you just touched on, which is like as a person who's like maybe not part of the majority, um, you have all these other cultural contexts uh, and, you know, th I, I just like n just couldn't fit into the, the sorority vibe, no matter how hard <laughs> I tried. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was thinking a lot about it. And then at the end, I was after I left the team, I was like, did they ever think about it from their perspective? Mm. about me mm. being in that room because mm. I'm doing a lot of work over here spinning my wheels trying to figure out why I'm struggling and I feel bad but do they know at all yeah like do they think about that at all do they think about how the only people getting promoted are white women mm. what would it mean to know their answer um I think I'm, well I'm gonna assume like what their perspective is which is like probably for them they're not doing anything they're just existing mm -hmm. and they're the norm mm -hmm. so I'm sure like I don't know what it would mean. I think it would only confirm what I'm mm. thinking or like my view of the world, which is that the people in power aren't considering <laughs> how I, like their impact on everyone else. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just had, I, sorry, that was not a question. I just started talking. No, I like that. No, I mean, I think what you have experienced is very common, especially for folks who look like us. Right. Like that is like, unfortunately it's not a very like unique experience in right. that regard right like so many of us have like been in rooms where we're like fuck i'm the only person that looks like me in this room right and now i'm not only tokenized now i feel like i have to play a part right and be better or be told that like we have to be better than our counterparts right um and it's funny the thing that you mentioned too there is this little bit of like like me mentality mm -hmm. right and that's like when people oh. tend to hire people who are like them that's similar like in race background school all totally. those things and you know in part it's like familiarity in part it's like hoping to bring psychological safety and all those pieces but again when you zoom out right like is it really yeah mm. and i don't know and you know i don't know if this is like I don't know if it's like mal malicious or unintentional, but I do think that like there has to be some intentionality put in place so that you're right. The other people can see like, oh, fuck, like she there is something in this dynamic that I may not be realizing. And how do I bring it to the forefront? And then right. for it to be a much better working relationship. Right. Because at the end of it, like. Work bonds are relationships. Yeah. Mm. These are people, quote unquote, you're married to more yeah. or less, right? Like you have to build a modicum of trust to even get anywhere with like good work. Like yeah. think about all the projects and stuff that like you've considered to be really uh, successful. It's because there's a level of trust. There's a level of chemistry there. Yeah. Um, and that took time, right? Yeah. But that also required a lot of psychological and emotional safety. And if that, if that isn't provided to you, then how could you? Right, right. So... Yeah, it's like stuff like that. I mean, because I've definitely experienced that. And it's like, I think about that a lot. Like, how do I... And then, and then you go into like, how do you even bring that up? Right? Yeah, I know. Mm. That was the thing I 
I really fought with at the time was, do I bring this up? Um, because does it, does it help or hurt me to bring it up? Yeah. Like there's like a lot of calculation that I did and only at the very end, cause my manager switched to a, a, a white man, which at that time was diversity on the team, which is wild. But I, <laughs> I like, I, at the end when I decided to leave, I was like, you know, I think it's worth bringing up. I don't know if he can change anything, but I'm going to at least say my piece. Yeah. And, and it was safe enough cause I was leaving, but I did think about it and I opted to not say anything. Oh, you didn't until the very end. I mean, I, oh, okay. And what, what happened? What happened then? Yeah. He was like, no, I, he's like, everything you're saying, I did not realize, but I understand it now. Because I was like, if you notice, everyone who leaves is a person of color. Whoa. They're like the first people to leave this team. This like, is a lot. And the people who stick around, because there are some people there on this team for like eight years, right? They're all white women mm. who are like friends with the person in charge of this team. Yes. I was like, it's just to me, like the clearest version of, of like, um, keeping certain people around you and only helping the people that are like you, like tribalism. Mm. And then I said it and he was like, wow, when you say it, now that you say it, I was like, okay, great. Yeah. But I, I for the beginning when I was like thinking about saying it, I was like, I just don't think there will be any change. I think I will get, I think it will hurt me more to bring this up than I, yeah. help me. I could totally see mm -hmm. like a worst case scenario of them going like, what are you talking exactly. about? Or they'll say to my face with a smile, thank right. you so much for saying that. Oh my that. gosh, thanks. And, and, then yeah. they will, uh, yeah. and then they will turn around and talk about me behind my back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that environment. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then you get, you know, whatever. Right. Eliminated from that. It's yeah. interesting. Wow. It's interesting because like, I don't even think we really acknowledge the microseconds where we have to calculate what our next steps are. Yeah. So oh. there's a story in the book and I actually forgot about this experience. What's And it was only when I was interviewing this former coworker of mine that he brought it up and that, so he uh, is a comic book writer and he, <laughs> it's funny cause I'm already, whatever. And, um, he wrote a specific comic book about the black experience mm -hmm. and he was promoting it. It's getting huge. There's like merch and our supervisor at the time was, uh, you know, in support, bought some of the merch. And because it was very like, uh, I think it was an ex it's basically what if black people are actually like the X-Men? Mm -hmm. Like, that's oh. the reason why history has been the way it is. And so they're actually hiding the fact that like black people have superpowers. Oh. So it's, it's a really dope idea, everything. But like uh, a lot of the um, covers are very um, like... Uh, I think controversial in a good way, right? Like right. bringing up like things that happened in the past as a way to communicate like this is all for a reason kind of thing. Mm. And one of the uh, covers had the N word on it oh. as like, mm. and it was like men behind a what you call it, like you know when they're in jail. Oh, oh yeah, behind like the bars. bars yeah, yeah, like yeah. And so it was like showing like different like slurs essentially. Yeah. Oh, and I so see. I don't know why, but this white ass woman thought it was appropriate. <laughs> to say it out loud oh. the n-word like the full n-word yeah. and i wow. think it just happened so quickly yeah and it was me and him and we were in the room in the office and we were and i guess i again don't remember this he's like you literally yelled out her name <laughs> oh really yeah and i was like really and he was like yeah you just yelled it out and I think she felt that level of scolding and yeah. like retreated, but didn't say anything and try to move on from it. Whoa. And I was like, what did you do? He was like, I had the split second of like, do I say something? Is it worth losing my job over? Yo, because yeah. there's some I hear shit. That. Yeah. You know, you're, you're like seeing the pathways. Yeah. You're like going, you totally. know, you're, you're freaking like Doctor Strange, just like looking at all the different alternate universes, what's going to happen. And I think a lot of times, like, like 99% of the universes don't say anything. Just... <laughs> yeah. Gotta go. Okay. Yeah. I'll get that status report to you next week. Bye. You know? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. That's what he said. He was like, it was just a choice of like, do I lose my job? Do I go to HR? Do I make this an uncomfortable situation for her? Yeah. Even though it's uncomfortable for me. Whoa. Right. And so, yeah, I like, I was just like, I can't believe I forgot about that moment. I was like, what did we do after? He was like, you and I just looked at each other and we walked out. <laughs> Cause like, what were we supposed <laughs> I know, to do? I know. And I was like, yeah, like, Fuck! Like that's horrible. Yeah. You, you don't remember just yelling I don't out the person's name. I, wow. out. I, must, I mean, I think it was a, probably a reaction thing where I just yelled her name, and this is like a really high up person too. And I, I don't it, know. Was it just Karen? Like yeah, that? pretty like, much. Really I was like Karen. <laughs> and yeah, like I don't know. It was wow, yeah. It, yeah. It was I. I don't remember. And I asked him, like, did you go to HR? Did you do anything? He was like, no. And I was like, oh, why wow. not? And he, it, it, you know, became a whole conversation of like, what does it mean to protect other people yeah. in this space? Like, Yo. and so yeah, this book has been a true reckoning of my own view of the workplace. Truly. Wow. Um. 
I want to also ask this question. We were talking to Jasper, who, who was just on the other episode, and he had this really interesting thing. And I think I've seen it around. It's like a lot of people, like the problem with, with kind of modern society is that so many people are told or do like uh, derive their self-worth from working, mm -hmm. but then so many jobs are bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like there is this kind of thing where it's like, I... I tie my worth to whatever I do, but I also perceive this work to not be that valuable. And therefore, you know, yeah, this, it's contradicting it, forces. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Ideologies, really. I don't know if you have any kind of insight into that, given sort of, you know, what you've written up and what you've been thinking about. Yeah, it's actually been something I've been thinking a lot about. Um, so I think that our personal and work they're inextricably tied to each other. Those identities exist on the spectrum of who we are. Mm -hmm. And I think that there has to be a level of acceptance to know that like there is a work identity that means a value to you because that's literally how we survive and we yeah. live in capitalism. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't, I, I think it, I'd be, I would, yeah, it's just, that's just what it is, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But do I think we can ex maybe start to reallocate or reframe our value in other ways. Yes. But I think you have to have really deep introspection to figure that out. Whoa. So for example, for me and doing all this, you know, like, Grad school is just literally self-reflection all the time. It's yes. actually quite annoying. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm so tired of thinking about my own shit. Yeah. But in doing so, I realized that I genuinely really love helping people. Yeah. And I feel like that's like my underlying purpose. And so I'm like, if anything that I'm doing in my life is in the realm of helping people in a way that I feel good about it, then like that to me is where I'm putting my value in or uh, where I'm starting to really adjust my value in. I see. So that to me. And so like therapy is like kind of that. Right. And but then I also have to realize like then therapy is still work. So then I have yeah. to even pull in a whole other right. way of looking of like, okay, what does it mean to help outside of the context of therapy? Right. Oh, shit. I know. Wow. I know. That answer made things worse. Thank I know. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. Like, I don't know if I'm like <laughs> making things better as much as it's like bringing shit to light. Yeah. Which is like, again, I don't fucking know if that's good. Right. But I guess better not than than I don't know. Than wow. not talking about it. Right. Yeah, I think it's better to talk about it. And yeah. And think about it, even if it makes things murky. Yeah. I think it's incremental, right? I think it all leads up to incremental change. Like, I think even this book, like, I specifically wrote in the introduction, like, by reading this book, shit's not going to change overnight. Like, yeah. let's, I'm a very pragmatic person in that regard. However, I do think we can start to plant the seeds. And I think that's where, you know, you become a good manager and then that impacts the people below you and that and they become good managers. And it's just a continuous ripple effect. Right. Mm. No, I'm going to become a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to blow the whole system I'm up. I'm going to blow it all up. I know, but isn't comedy also, get... also like a pretty like fucked up work environment? Oh my, oh God. my God. Are you insane? <laughs> yes. Holy shit. There's just like, no, nah, we don't want to get into that. Oh, it would the be. The way that you just lit us on fire. <laughs> like, I'm on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if there was a little bit of compassion and care. What? I know. You, uh, uh, I think if you. Should I just be a, a therapist for comedians? That would be really horrible for it you. Would be I know. Very hard. I think I'd be everyone's like fucking content because every show I've been I to, know. everyone's like, I started going to therapy. I know. And Even I realized all my fucking my, family trauma. My poor <laughs> therapist has been mentioned so many times on this on this podcast. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Like every single I mean, she rules, but yeah. Yeah. You get, um, not I, I would get licensing stuff. fees. I'd be like, every time you mention yeah. me a fucking joke, I should get paid. Uh, for real. <laughs> for all of what I'm inspired. What is it when you do reruns on television and you get syndication? syndication. Yeah, we, yeah. It's like syndication rules. Yeah. 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 I want, I want, what is it? Royalty fees? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Royalties. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want royalties. Yeah, yeah, Anytime deserve. you have a good mental health day, you owe me $2. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's no, because like, it's not like good mental health day. It's because that's always the you guys only talk about the bad stuff. Oh, yeah. anytime you have a bad mental health day, you owe you me two dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, man, I would owe you so much money. <laughs> um, well, thank you very much. Uh, again, the book, uh, the name of the book is Working with Feelings, Caring for Your Employees Through Cultural Humility and Emotional Fluency. Very yeah. fancy. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for hanging, having me. And hanging out. Um, where can our fans find you and what you do? Uh, so if you want to be for 
professional with me, probably LinkedIn, uh, Isadora Torres. Uh, on, um, I think on Instagram, Isadora May Torres, because there's apparently another Isadora Torres. Yeah, sure. I know, haters. <laughs> um, and and the book itself, so you, you buy it through my publisher, which is prayabooks.com. Oh. Uh, you can drop the link. But it's actually going to be in bookstores worldwide in September. Whoa, Ooh, that's amazing. So yeah, exciting. yeah. That's it's really, really cool. weird to like, I don't know. I told my publisher, like, when I, if I go to Greenlight and I see my book on a shelf, I'm going to throw up everywhere. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Good. Threaten with vomit. Yeah. I'm like, if you see a vomit stain, no, it's mine. Yeah. Just like sometime in September, it's just like. Just so much vomit. In yeah, it's books. like all these bookstores have yeah, vomit in them. Yeah. Like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be mean. That's going to be my trademark. That's going to be. <laughs> I love it. Have you been to Isadora? She's a great therapist and she has IBS. <laughs> she keeps throwing up throwing everywhere. Throwing up everywhere. And apparently now she's charging her clients if they use her for content. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And every time I, I have a bad day, I, I Venmo I her $2. Her, yeah, I owe her a yeah. lot of money. Yeah, yeah. She's making so much cash. Um, well, if you uh, want to follow us on the podcast and uh, throw up on our timeline or whatever, uh, just go to instagram uh you can find us at Insta- on instagram at asian not asian pod you can find me on there at nice pants bro and i'm at jenny arimoto uh check out all of our shows check out all of our nonsense uh we got hack city every second friday that's at union hall uh, in brooklyn and um it's great it's fun thank you again isadora yeah, and thank you. Uh, until then um you know i was gonna say hug your middle manager but you probably get in trouble for that <laughs> It's an uh, HR violation. HR violation. Um, I don't know. Hug I don't yourself. know. Or like, yeah, bow from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's probably some sort of emo- emotive on Slack that you yeah. can equivalent Just do to like bowing. the dancing parrot one. Is that was that one of them? I don't know. I don't I know see that one. I don't oh, know. I see it a lot, but on Slack, maybe it's just like the tech bros. Oh. It sounds like a very tech yeah, bro thing. Sorry. Okay, okay. Cool. All right. Well, until then, we love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.